You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hi, this is Brooke. You're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. I have two very exciting guests with me today. Um, Ashling Camps. That's right. Um, and Lila Shannon. Hey. Um, I've known Lila since uh, college, so we've known each other for a really long time, and we have a lot of history. And Ashling, I just met you what a year ago. Yeah, exactly a year ago. I found uh, her amazing knitwear in the shop in Sag Harbor, and then I got her information and like stalked her, and then we met up, <laughs> and she was like, really beautiful and cool, and kind of like lived oh, up. Stop. Well, no, you are. Like, yeah, I think you're really beautiful and cool. So um, you designed my post-wedding brunch amazing knitwear outfit, which was so beautiful, and I'm happy that you were just here today in Sag Harbor so we could talk to you guys together. Um, The first question I want to ask both of you, you guys are both mixed race, right? You're half Mm -hmm. black and half white. There's other stuff there, too. Other stuff mixed in. (laughs) But yeah, pretty much. A lot of girls that are mixed talk about like not being black enough for the black girls, not being white enough for the white girls, and as they're growing up, not being able to find kind of where they fit in. Um, I guess for each of you, did you feel that? Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm from Trinidad, so it's a, I mean, everyone there, it's an integrated society, more so than the United States, but there still definitely was a little bit of a, you know, a more subtle segregation between groups of people and so I always kind of felt a little bit of a misfit Mm -hmm. maybe not as much as I would have if I had been raised here but yeah I definitely got a little bit of that and not feeling beautiful because there wasn't someone who looked exactly like me Mm -hmm. around because my mom doesn't look exactly like my like me and my my aunt doesn't look exactly Mm -hmm. like me so yeah totally I mean I definitely um felt like it was difficult for me to find a place not only in school but also my family because my my father was black and my mom comes from a really large Italian family and um my dad's family was on the south and I I grew up in the north like in Boston so I wasn't around my black family a lot I was constantly around my Italian Mm -hmm. family and Mm -hmm. I even remember feeling like like self-conscious around my own family in a strange way Mm -hmm. because they were all like looked alike and I like would walk down the street with my mom and I think people would think I was like adopted. Right. Um, so I think like the same I, thing happened to my, my dad is white and my mom's black and my older brother's a lot darker than me. Mm-hmm. So when my older brother was born, my dad was walking around with this little black baby and they're like, what the hell mm-hmm. is going on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was so crazy to kind yeah. of feel like I didn't have as much in common with 
my family as I should have. And so, like, I would look to my brother a lot for comfort in, like, family situations Mm -hmm. um, because he was also mixed and we were, like, just, like, the Mm -hmm. only two black people in, like, the family. family. Right. Right. And then in school, I was, like, oh, my God, I was so uncomfortable. Like, I had no idea where I fit in. And Mm. a lot of it, I mean, Boston is, like, pretty segregated still in a lot of ways, mostly along class class and race lines and I grew up in Brookline which is like very affluent and um, Mm -hmm. Jewish and liberal and it's definitely multicultural but most of the black kids from my school were like bust in and I grew up in Brookline so not only did I feel like geographically I was kind of separated from like my fellow black students but because of that I was also kind of like culturally separated Mm -hmm. from them and then like my beautiful like Jewish girlfriends were like blonde and like yeah. more juicy and I was just like curvy and like didn't fit. Like I right. was so awkward. It was right. <laughs> Did your mom know how to do your hair? Oh hell no. <laughs> no. Okay. She See, I'm glad I'm oh, lucky because my mom is you're black, so. extremely blessed. Yeah. <laughs> because my mom well, okay. She says that it's because I like cut a piece of my hair. I don't believe her. She had it like all chopped off and it grew like when I was in maybe third or fourth grade, it grew back into an afro. I literally I look back at those pictures and I feel such shame because I was just like <laughs> had this like puffy fro that and bless her. Like she wasn't she yeah, just she didn't was know trying what to her best. Do. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, even back then, like we had like maybe a couple of friends who had who were mixed and like had daughters with of the were of like mixed descent mm-hmm. and their mothers like maybe were black but even like back then I don't think we had like the education the resources or like and the product or the product yes yeah. is definitely when you come about in the last I'd say maybe five to eight years right? like because they're just to come up you, yeah because when I was growing up it was this really heavy greasy stuff that mm-hmm. you would put in black hair mm-hmm. and it's only been recently that you get a lighter weight right sort of curl defining creams mm-hmm. and totally. whatever so yes totally yeah and, i mean i used to wear my hair in in like twists so they were almost you know more like braids and that sort of mm-hmm. thing because i was terrified to just leave my hair out uh, right, yeah because it would dry like. yeah okay so growing up being mixed race hair was a struggle what about as you got older and started wearing makeup? Was it difficult to find foundation that matched your skin tone? No, because I'm so light skin. I am. I'm lucky enough to be able to use like you know, like what a dark skin Caucasian woman would be able to use. I'm, I'm the same color as like you know an Italian person. I'm I'm pretty pale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in that way, I was lucky because like, yeah, everything matched. I just would go for, like, I don't even go for dark. I would always go for, like, medium. Interesting. Yeah. For medium. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even try to find, like, foundations or skin. Yeah, any kind of, like, tinted product that fit my skin. I think I was intimidated by the, like, difficulty it felt like I was mm-hmm. going to experience trying to find a shade that matched. Right. And so I didn't even, like, dabble in, like, any kind of foundation until I was in college, to be honest. Mm-hmm. My mom started working as a makeup artist when I was um, maybe 10 or 11. And she would, she like showed me like a couple of products and would like give me like a MAC compact. But mm-hmm. I still just like didn't ever want to put yeah. it on my face. I felt like it just looked not like just unnatural. Yeah. And now I'm like, I'm definitely more open to finding products that Mm -hmm. match my complexion but there was still always the same with like the hair care thing there was this intimidation factor of like this isn't made for me like this isn't made for my skin or like Mm -hmm. my hair Mm -hmm. so I just kind of like isolated myself from it Mm -hmm. instead of 
experimenting. Right. It's really interesting that you have what you said about um, it's not made for me and for my hair. Shea Moisture, they're running these ads. You guys know the brand Shea Moisture? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're running these ads on YouTube right now, and the whole um, like campaign tagline is break the aisle. They're saying ethnic hair care is in yeah. this like, one mm-hmm. section. Like, let's break down the aisles. Yeah. But I find that campaign so strange because I'm like, no, like I need the separate section so mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. what is created for me. Mm-hmm. And their whole campaign is about, you know, why do women looking for black hair care products have to go to this one specific section? Mm-hmm. Like, let's break down the aisles. Mm-hmm. Like, let's break the color line in, in beauty aisles. I feel like... Yeah, I don't think it's necessary just to stop it from being segregated. I think it just... It's more like, have more product options, which Mm -hmm. which they are. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that that is a major problem anymore. Like I was saying before, there's so much more stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. And if you go to Ricky's, you can get everything. Yeah. Totally. You know, don't go, you know, if you go to Dwayne Reed and you get like the, the little small section for ethnic, whatever. Yeah. But yeah. There's so many more options to get a range of mm-hmm. stuff for different kinds of girls. Yeah. For me, I was, I was like so excited when I saw that commercial because I was like, yes, like break down the aisle. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, like not even, I mean, not even every Dwayne Reed or Walgreens has a black hair section. Like, True. Growing up in, like, Boston, like, in suburbia, mm-hmm. like, there were definitely times where I just, like, yeah. I no. mean, there were just no black Nothing. sections. Yeah. So, I I got, I had, like, this, like, thump of pride because yeah. I was just, like, that is exactly, like, what I needed when I was, like, 12 mm-hmm. was to, like, know that I could, like, go into the, like, regular shampoo section right. and find, like, right. a moisturizing mm-hmm. shampoo right. that was, like, good for curly or, like, yes. kinky. Yes. Or, like, had those, like, yes. word, inviting words. And I guess growing up in Toronto was really different. There was always, mm-hmm. like, lots of stuff right. from brown hair. Right. All of the, like, relaxers and perms. Yeah. There was dark and lovely and I was just have this BO5 stuff. And there was this pink lotion stuff. Yeah. What was it? Luster's pink lotion. Yes. That stuff. Yeah. No, I mean, that stuff was everywhere because, you know, Half a Trinidad is African descent, so mm-hmm. you'd be silly to not provide that stuff. Right. Totally. Yeah, no, that's that's very true. I think one of the things that's happening, even amongst white women that have curly hair, there's like this curly hair renaissance mm-hmm. where women that have curly hair of all races are being encouraged to wear their hair mm-hmm. as it naturally right. is and not like overheat it mm-hmm. and crisp it until the it's no effect. longer. Yeah, the diva cut, yeah, the diva curl salon. <laughs> when you guys were growing up, did you get your hair straightened? Did you get you know ever relax it with chemicals? Mm-hmm. I never went sh- like fully chemically relaxed. Um, the closest I ever went to that was post breakup. <laughs> you know, yeah, you always want to change your hair of when course, you break up yeah. with somebody. Um, I and you know my college boyfriend and I have broken up. We were together like five years, so I want to look different. But I did, like, a texturizing. Mm-hmm. So it was, like, you throw the relaxer in for, like, two minutes as yeah. opposed to yeah. really just getting it straight. So I did that maybe about six years ago. and But it was still curly and big and poofy, just right. less mm-hmm. so. Yeah. And I could blow dry it straight. So I wore my hair straight for maybe about six months. And then I realized I can't that imagine I, you with straight hair for some reason. I look, di- I look Dominican. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, you know. It's like not a bad thing. No, no. It's not a bad thing. Actually, I've been mistaken for Indian, Italian, or Dominican when my hair is straight. I look like a different person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been told I look like my evil, you know, my evil twin sister. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, it's just kind of strange. But, um. Yeah, I, that's the only time that I, I did a drastic mm. change for six months, and then I realized I'm way too 
low maintenance for this stuff. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't handle the upkeep, and so I just kind of grew it out. Since. Did you see like a big effect on like the, the like strength of your um, hair? Um, yeah, it broke a lot. Yeah, a lot of it. Yeah, broke. texturizers are not good for um, your hair. It broke in the front, and so like I kind of end up tri- cutting a lot of it off because mm-hmm. it was actually really, really long yeah. and really thick. And I never had a yeah. good haircut for it. Mm-hmm. I used to have it in the braids before. So right. um, when I took it out and I relaxed it, that was that was kind of like my transition to leaving it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I just didn't know what to do yep. with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is a good time to do a PSA to any young girls who haven't done anything to their hair yet. Because I look back, you know, I was looking at my home movies of when I was like five and six years old mm-hmm. and just how long and healthy my hair was right. before mm-hmm. I started doing all of this crap to it. Mm-hmm. And when you're younger, all you want to do is get highlights, get your hair. You want to do stuff to it. But if you just keep Mm -hmm. it healthy your whole life, it's going to be way better in the end. Yeah, you'll have so many more options, girls. Yeah. (laughs) And you have hair that's, like, strong. It's so true. (laughs) like, not mad at you. I was obsessed with just having my hair laid down. I used to call it down, down hair when I was little. (laughs) Yeah, no. Um, And so I'd beg my mom, like, I want want to have down, down hair. You know, but my hair just sticks straight up, you know. Yeah, oh my God, that's so funny to, like, turn to it because I I totally relate to that feeling of, like, okay, I know that, like, beautiful is, like, long and having curly hair that grows, like, out, yeah. I all I ever wanted was a product that the at down, least down like made my it was, yeah. all I wanted was a down down hair, like something that like held it close to my yeah. face and gave me like the effect of like shaking your hair and like I, having like a head full of like beautiful desirable. Exactly, curls, I think that's why I used to like. Have. I used to like swimming a lot because mm-hmm. when I would go swimming, my hair would lay down, mm-hmm. and I would yeah. be like, oh, I feel like a mermaid. I look like Ariel, and then it would dry, and it would just be a whole different thing. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned that people mistake you for Indian or Dominican, and I'm sure both of you get this. Do you get sick of people asking you, like, what you're... What, what do people say? Oh, they say, what are they, you? They say, what are you? And my what response yeah. is always a homo sapien. <laughs> that is my response. Like, I always, yeah, I give a lot of attitude if someone, like, doesn't take the hint that I don't want to answer right. that question. I'll, I always ask, like, a clarifying question, like, well what do you mean? Like, where am I right. from? Right. And if they push and they're right. like, no, like, what are you? And it's honestly, it's usually men who are like trying to tell oh, me that ask this question. Yeah. Then I just like, I usually just roll my eyes and be like, I'm American. Like I'll, I'll right. dodge it because it's like it's, the dumbest question. It's so silly. Someone. And I always wonder like, do you guys think that women like that question? I mean, I think it's, it's a, think it's an icebreaker. I always just say Trinidadian, mm. and so they just think everybody from Trinidad looks like me, which is so not true because even my parents don't look like me. Right. But it just yeah. kind of it, it's an easy way out of the question. Yeah. But so then they say like something. Nationality. Yeah, I just say in nationality. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, they they sometimes ask really dumb questions. They say stupid things like um. Well, you're too light to be Trinidadian. Right. Like, it oh always leads, like, you know yeah, that that is just, like, an, yeah. the door opening to more ignorant questions. Yeah. So yeah. I, you, just, you, just, you just smile and nod yeah. and, and you just walk away. I know. I guess, I mean, it's, I feel sort of guilty because I know some, some, like, very, a very small percentage of people who ask that question are genuinely curious about, like, and it, I know this from, like, traveling abroad and living abroad. Like, when I lived in Italy, they genuinely just, like, wanted to understand how a person right. like me could, like, look like this. And speak like, Italian. And speak Italian. Right. And they're just like, how, like, where do you, uh, right. what are you from? You know, yes, like, yes. literally, like, I just want to understand. And so in those instances, I realized it's kind of like, it depends. It's like a cultural thing. Like, if you're genuinely curious about, like, the origins of people because you're used to living in a place where everyone looks the same, like, that is a question that, that's like an educational question. Right. If you're, like, if you, if you think that, like, 
asking that question of me in the States is going to somehow, like, lead to, like, you really under, like, knowing more about me, right. then I feel like you're just not in touch at all with, like, what it means to be an American. Because, like, <laughs> right. we're, all from, we're all from different places. Right. I know. Whenever, <laughs> whenever you ask somebody who's, like, you know, very stereotypically white, you know, well, where are you from? And they're like, oh, I'm American. I'm like, no, you're not Native American. Where are you right. from? Right. <laughs> you just, yeah. just flip the whole comment on them yeah. and then they mm-hmm. get reflective and silent and you just be like, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I'm a mix, I'm a mutt. I'm of Spanish, Portuguese, you know, African, slave mm-hmm. from somewhere, descent, you know, Indian right. from India, right. Carib mm-hmm. blood, which is a Native, mm-hmm. South American Indian. You know, I'm, I'm mixed with all kinds of mm-hmm. things. So, mm-hmm. you know, just to, I just avoid the question because I have to list a long list. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what I think is interesting is how the rise of multiculturalism has led to all of these discussions about cultural appropriation because, yeah. you know, we're... In, as a designer, I'm sure you run into this all the time, you're inspired by other cultures, you're inspired right. by other ethnicities mm-hmm. and their approach to beauty um, or fashion. The Kardashians have been slammed for, and I don't know even if it's the Kardashians' fault, but they call their cornrows boxer braids, right? Oh and right. people are like, this is a black thing, and this isn't a black thing for a long time. So now the fact that you're calling it boxer braids, you know, Justin Bieber had dreadlocks, people were really right. upset about that. Um it's something that's happening more and more, and I think there's something really beautiful about it, that people kind of borrowing culture from each other. As a black woman, am I allowed to wear a kimono robe at home right. because I think it's a beautiful design, or is that cultural appropriation? I think I don't have a problem with borrowing things. As you said, I'm a designer, so like you're always looking to do something different. I think the problem is when um, black women traditionally would do things like have dreadlocks, Mm-hmm. And they would be told things like, this is not appropriate for work. Yes, yes. Or if you, you know, wear your hair natural, you just get, there's like a backlash for it. And you'd be made fun of for having a bigger butt and big mm-hmm. lips and all this stuff. And that's when people get upset is when white women do exactly the same thing as what black women have been doing for forever and have been ridiculed or shamed yes. for. Yes, and then they're praised and for it. And then they're praised for right. it for yes. being so original and creative. So I, as far as I'm concerned, like, you know, if every white girl started rocking, like, you know, black stuff, like, whatever. But just don't make the black girl feel bad for the stuff that she mm-hmm. originally did to start off with, mm-hmm. you know? So Yeah. I, I definitely, I mean, I am guilty of judging, like, a white girl if I see her in cornrows. Like, there's something <laughs> I mean, kind of just about it. Sometimes, like, but whatever. I mean, if you want, it's a hairstyle. Do what you want. Yeah. <laughs> I, when I was in Tokyo, I saw a girl with cornrows, and she looked so unbelievably fly. I was like, yes. That is how you wear cornrows. She was yeah. fully Japanese with, like, big, like, gold hoop earrings. And corners with like her baby hairs gel well, down. Oh, These cultures really interesting. They're <laughs> yeah. super fascinated with by black, black culture. culture. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so my thing is like in popular culture, like in the media, when you in fashion, when you see like blatant forms of cultural appropriation, right. like for example, that like Valentino campaign that just I think it was yeah, like, for that's shot in Africa. That was yep. shot, like, but they only use white models. They only use white models <laughs> in the background. There was like African women like plucking fruit right, from trees, right, like right. placed as props. Yeah. yeah. Where I'm like, okay, I totally, yeah. I'm, I'm all I for like inspiration right. from different cultures that is like what art is mm-hmm. but to then use people as 
backdrops mm-hmm. and, and like use the mm-hmm. whole like origin as a backdrop right. for your like capitalist like right. luxury and brand. And all the like subtle black facing. Yes, like exactly. that is not okay. You're to gonna me. go take like a blonde hair, blue eyed chick, and you know put a ton of bronze on her. Yeah, why don't you just why don't you just get like a black girl? Um, yeah, well, okay, you know? yeah. Let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah, give another hour. But okay, so the the my dilemma is like if it were let's say a um like a Spanish or that's not even a good example like a South American mm-hmm. brand like mm-hmm. a Colombian designer who yes. went to Africa yes. and like did the same thing yes like to me I actually wouldn't take as much offense to right. it as it being like a European fashion right. house because right. because you're in but the culture of power like because as, they didn't colonize the history of exactly right. so it's I really think it depends yeah. on the wearer and that's not fair mm-hmm. but like I. Like, when Beyonce wears a kimono, I'm less offended than when Katy Perry wears a fucking kimono and, like, right. flies on a dragon across right. the stage. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. It definitely just depends on, like, who, where the... the, who the oppressor is yeah. and the history. Yeah, history yeah. adds a lot of context. Yeah. Speaking of Valentino, this is something, Lila, we've spoken about, but it seems like now, more than ever, there are black people being used in high fashion campaigns in a way that's, you know, really nice. And our friend Sarah Gia posted about this. She's and the hashtag Black Girl Magic. It's Black Girl Magic. <laughs> but ASAP Rocky was announced as the face of Dior. And right. our friend Sarah said something to the effect of, you know, we used to be deemed as too urban or street for too these hood. luxury brands, like too hood. Mm-hmm. Um, but now all the brands are cashing in on it. Like, what does everyone think? And it started this kind of active Facebook discussion. Right. Um, Willow is the face of Chanel now. Jaden yeah. Smith is the face of Louis Vuitton. Right. Zoe Kravitz, face of YSL Beauty. Yep, mm-hmm. and now she's just done a campaign with Calvin Klein. There are so many um, black people being used in high fashion now. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's tokenism? Do you think it's a step in the right direction? What do you guys think about it? It depends. Like, so my my take on ASAP being the face of Dior is like, Finally, like if he's gonna be, he's he's completely influential in the fashion world and is like heralded as one of like the most important people today to bridge street fashion to like high end luxury mm-hmm. fashion. People have been jacking his style like nonstop, left and right on yep. on runways, yep, in street right. style in magazines, mm-hmm. like hell yeah make him the face of Dior right, right. pay him and right, like right. like let everyone know that like wearing cornrows does not necessarily mean that you can't be like the flyest fucker out there right you know right, like right. I was I'm like proud to mm-hmm. see him with like a Dior like logo stamped across yeah. his chest mm-hmm. and I feel like it's about time that like we start acknowledging black influencers and not just in hip-hop and right. not just in like music right. but in fashion in art in film yeah. like yeah. it's it's like we've been here so mm-hmm. like at least make us the face of it right but in terms of tokenism i mean we were talking a little bit earlier about having mixed girls and you know natural hair being like a trend and what happens when it's no longer the trend right. do, do the girls mm-hmm. that look like us disappear mm-hmm. And that's kind of like, you know, time will tell, you know, yeah, we'll yeah. see. I guess it, it's, it's, it's a step in the right direction because you're just getting a little bit, I mean, I wish when I were younger, I would see more girls looking like me in oh, a magazine, same. you yeah. know, because like, like I was saying at the beginning of the podcast, it was just difficult to, to feel beautiful because you're not seeing anyone around mm-hmm. you or you're not seeing people in magazines who, you know, 
there being considered beautiful that you could you're not really get any with. validation exactly yeah. and I didn't I didn't believe that I was beautiful until yeah. I was like in my, like my mid twenties and Same. I was just like I just accepted this is what I look like I'm not gonna try to make my hair do this I'm not gonna try to you know make my skin look this way or, or, or whatever you know I'm just and then it's like as soon as that I, tide changed then yeah. all of a sudden it's like everywhere and it's like it's yeah, not only it acceptable great. it's like it's the like ultimate. the trend yeah it's like oh yeah. you're so on trend I had someone say some ridiculous statement to me the other day being like yeah well you know you girls you like skin girls with your big hair it's just like trending right now I'm like I've been looking like this for no, forever no, don't like, say oh, that. I mean so ignorant <laughs> Sometimes you know what I do when people say stuff like I just start asking them questions and let them just dig themselves into deep and right. cool. You don't even I don't even get mad. I yeah, just yeah. I just I just yeah. sit back and I listen. And right. I say I just want to I just want to yeah. have you listen to what you're saying. Right. Let's go it's deeper. crazy. I think yeah. it's really interesting to hear you know you two who are very beautiful say that there was a time that you didn't feel represented and beautiful because I think also me, me personally as a dark skinned black woman I. It seems like there's this um, narrative in the mainstream media that only light-skinned black women are seen right. as beautiful, mm-hmm. and like rappers talk about red right. bones. I don't even know what a red bone is. What oh, is that? Well, it's a reference to Native American. Oh, God. Well, in okay. Trinidad, red means light-skinned black. Yeah. So I'm a red girl. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I guess it's different. And yeah, like, I think it is. all of the girls dancing in the backgrounds of all the hip-hop videos oh, always had like light skin. Right. So it's interesting to hear that even from your perspective growing up, with that light skin, you still didn't find your place it probably wasn't as bad as if I were a dark-skinned girl because mm. you know you, you know everyone always says oh you you're so pretty but you're dark you know there's mm. always like that yeah dark is equivalent to to being mm-hmm. not as attractive mm-hmm. yeah. and there's definitely that colorism that exists in in the Caribbean which is why you have like especially in Jamaica everyone's always bleaching, bleaching their yeah, skin that's right? but, I don't you know, understand what is what I is... don't get it is it really prevalent yeah, I mean, not so much in, maybe, I mean, I don't know as much in Trinidad, maybe it, is, mm-hmm. it does happen, but Jamaica's like a thing, and wow. us, I mean, have you seen Vibes Cartel? He started yes. off like super dark, and now he's lighter than me. Yeah, wow. he looks crazy, he looks like a yeah. zombie. and the, the funniest part is that when you do that stuff, you can't bleach your lips. Yeah, you, you know what crazy. I mean. So wow. you have like these dark lips wow. with this light skin. <laughs> and it just, it just looks, looks so, so wrong. wrong. Well, God. Azalea Banks has come out recently yeah. saying that she yeah. is now bleaching and proud to be bleaching. Mm-hmm. One of so this is this may be taking it a step too far, but I think it's an interesting argument. Why are white girls allowed to tan and get darker right. than they are, and it's not seen as self hatred for their mm-hmm. white skin? Mm-hmm. But black women aren't allowed, or black men, for that matter, are not allowed to bleach their skin to become lighter. I think that it goes back to Lila, what you were saying about there's a history of oppression and colonialism that cannot be ignored, and there are advantages to having lighter skin. Yeah, we would have been allowed inside the house. We would have been the master's daughters, you know what I mean? So, like, there is, you do get treated differently. Mm being lighter than being dark and this you just can't not acknowledge that my mm-hmm. like I said before my older brother's a lot darker than me he's darker than my mom you know he's the same same parents mm-hmm. he came out dark and I mean I remember there was this nightclub you know again um, nodding to the colorism within the Caribbean and I remember I was able to get into this nightclub mm-hmm. my brother wasn't 
You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. You know what I mean? Could it have been though because you're a pretty girl and he's a guy. Yeah, but no, no. <laughs> but maybe they weren't meeting their quota. He's a, he's a pretty Stepping guy. Stepping in the bouncer's shoes. He's like, a pretty guy, yeah. you know? But like, it's just, yeah. There's, yeah. Okay. You, you yeah, saw, yeah, there you was, saw differences there was in treatment. Yeah. yeah. I mean, him being a dark-skinned mm-hmm. man as opposed to me being a light-skinned female, yeah. I get treated totally right. differently. Right. And white women, white women who wear bronzer are... Like, not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're not mistaken for anything other than like being sun kissed. Right. Like I think that I don't know. I I I hate to like pass judgment on like I don't actually know a person who a black person who's bleaching their skin, so I don't actually understand like mm-hmm. why you would want to mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. Like I think like melanin is beautiful and right. like healthy looking and right. just desirable. So yeah. until I meet someone and can truly understand like why they would want to do that, I guess I can't really speak for them. But to me it's it, it could be interpreted as, like, electing to remove yourself from not only the, like, aesthetic condition of your people or, like, mm-hmm. the people who are similar to you, but also trying to alleviate yourself from the societal, like, class, like, anything that else that is, like, connects you to this group in society. I and think the difference might be is that when when a white person is putting on bronzer, it's just like you know making them look like they got some sun, right? right? It's not trying to change the identity. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you talk to you know, I was watching some interview or something recently, and um, when these when these people are, it was when the whole Azealia band thing yes. came out. It, a lot of people, when they start lightening the skin, it is with the intention of looking like a different race. Yes, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not, not, it's not like a, you know, some people argue like, well, you know, when you're dark skin and you get like an acne mark, it, it stays longer. And so you, you know, lightening your skin just to even stuff out, but that's not really the case. It's, it's like wanting to be a different race. Mm-hmm. You get that in Asia and you definitely get it in like a lot in Jamaica. Yeah. <laughs> well. So it's, it's the intention of not being you. Yeah. And that's why I think it's, it's more harmful than just getting some sun because there's that's that's mm-hmm. technically could be something that naturally occurs you get right. a little dark in the yeah. summer but is yeah. it like can we really okay sometimes <laughs> so like to like flip the argument a little bit there are a lot of negative things about being black today <laughs> like that have i mean external to like the pride that we feel like mm-hmm. at all of the like social justice issues yeah, I feel yeah, like that yeah. are like of mm-hmm. right now and pertain to our generation you are have to deal with race and class so 
can you blame someone for wanting to, to like, not want to be part have of to that oppressed race? Yeah. yeah. No. Like, yeah. That's real. That's real. Well, okay, transitioning to something a little bit lighter. <laughs> no pun intended. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no pun intended. I want to talk to you guys about your relationship to makeup and the products that you love. But before we get into that, I want to talk about this this family of genes. It's called the KRT family of genes. And they those are the genes that determine how much a protein called keratin goes to your body. And it these genes dictate your hair, skin, and nails. And okay. Lila, we were talking. I've known Lila for how many years? I don't know. Like eight. Eight years. Yeah. Yes. I've never seen you have a blemish. Your skin, mm, all well. Okay, <laughs> I have. Not. Your skin always looks amazing. Your nails, they look like they're not real nails, but they are in fact your nails. You, you know, you have, you have the hair, skin, and nail gene. I think that you have it too. You oh have, no, I went through my acne. You had it. Okay. Yeah. So, so one one thing that I want to make sure is communicated is that. So many people ask women with beautiful skin and beautiful hair what they do and what products they use. Mm -hmm. And so much of the way you look has to do with genetics in a way that I feel like that, like beauty magazines and beauty editorials don't acknowledge. Right. right. They're like still trying to sell you something that's right. just never going to get you. It's the hope in a jar thing. They're trying yeah. to get you to think that if you just use this product enough, you will you have skin different. like this. Right. And some people are just genetically blessed with beautiful hair, beautiful skin, beautiful nails. And it's, I mean, it's actually, I didn't learn about the gene until maybe like four or five years ago because I started taking biotin and I was doing all this research about it. Mm -hmm. But there is a, a gene that people have that determines what their hair and skin look like. So with that in mind, you guys both have beautiful skin. Um, what what products do you guys, what, what would you say are your three top ultimate beauty products that you just love? Okay, um... I'm really low maintenance, so I buy everything from the drugstore. Mm -hmm. Nothing awesome. that I nothing yeah. that I own is anything that is like hundreds of dollars. That's good. Um, yeah. so I'm I love my Aveeno stuff. Okay. Um, I, which, what do you use? I use an Aveeno foaming uh, facial cleanser. That's for sensitive skin that I like. Oh no, I, I'm talking about like um daily moisturizer. Okay. So I used to play volleyball when I was in high school every day, and so my mom was like, you know. You're not dark like me. You gotta protect that skin. And so I would. Um, so since I was like 16, every day I would put on a Vino daily moisturizer that has mm -hmm. an SPF of 30, I believe mm -hmm. in it. And I've just been using it for forever. So that's something I go to all the time. And then when I turn, when I was in my mid 20s. I started freaking out about getting older for some silly You're reason. That's so sad. Yeah, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm like a damn child yeah. still, and I'm freaking out about wrinkles. And so, um, I started using uh, night cream, same Aveeno stuff. Okay. And it just became a habit. I don't know if it made a difference. I don't know if I, had I not started using that, if I would look drastically right. different. Right. But that's just something that's part of my yeah. routine. Yeah. So Aveeno for daily moisture and night cream. I'm, as you know, coconut oil. Yeah, I love right coconut oil. I love coconut oil. It just is the best. I yeah. love smelling like a fresh coconut. Yeah. Um, I use that in my hair, on my body, yeah. just basically for everything. And do you buy, do you make sure that you get the cold press? Mm -hmm. Do you order it online? Do you go to a health food I store? I go to Whole Foods. Okay. That's where I get mine. Um, I would say for my hair, I definitely love like argan oil products. Mm. Yeah, I use super moisturizing. I use a Moroccan oil, mm, curl, Moroccan de oil. curl mm. defining cream. That I've tried all kinds of stuff, like mixed chicks and like you know all these different curl creams. Yeah. But that is 
no matter what shampoo, conditioner, or whatever I use, it's that is like my product that I can't go without. Mm-hmm. It's like the Moroccan oil, pearl defining cream. I need to try that. Yeah, it's really strong smelling, mm-hmm. but I kind of like it. Yeah, so it's okay. <laughs> I um, like the smell. Yeah, Moroccan yeah, oil that's products. like my my second go to product. Nice. Yeah, and then for beauty, as you know, Brooke, I'm like very obsessed with Pat McGrath. Yes, skin you put finish. me on. You put me on. I yeah. was literally like counting down the days yeah. for it to be released and I'm, I'm obsessed with Pat McGrath Mo- I mean first and foremost because she's like a successful like top of her game black woman like yeah. slaying the game has yeah. not been dethroned in the like 30 years and never will been, be and never, never will be, be. Yeah. I don't know but about this product. it's so cool no. it's so it's basically like I mean it's like a stick and it has on one side it has a slightly tinted um like highlighter bomb and then okay. on the other side it has a clear bomb and basically the idea is like and then there's also like a pigmented powder that you yeah. can put on for like a third layer okay so it's doesn't like that have 24 karat gold in it it's it, like has, real. it has like real flakes of gold in it, which is, is this like a is this a it's a highlighter it's a, okay, it's so a highlighter more makeup yeah this okay. is more makeup it's called yeah. skin fetish, skin fetish yeah. 003 okay. it's amazing and it's basically what it does is it highlights or accentuates right. different like angles on your face on your you can put on your collarbones on mm-hmm. your shoulder and it gives this like completely unreal ethereal glow it's beautiful. to yeah. like I don't ever want to use anything okay, other I'm than that on my body it it's is amazing. unreal <laughs> and it, I love it because it's not like hiding anything like right. I feel it's like an enhancing. average woman could put it on it's just enhancing yeah and just dab a little bit on her cheekbones and all of a sudden you just look like a lot like you look like you yeah. blood pumping through your body yeah. and just totally alive and I'm obsessed with it because to me it's like it's an, it's perfect it's just yeah. revolutionary yeah. Yeah. I can't explain how much yeah. I love that product yeah. I will be devastated when mine runs out I don't know if it's like still out there isn't but... it crazy that men just don't do any of this oh, oh yeah can you yeah. imagine if they started like highlighting right. the cheekbones <laughs> just, and then like, look at dab. my collarbones and right. I'm just gonna put this in between my pegs right. <laughs> <laughs> if I walked into my boyfriend doing that I would be like <laughs> just, I'm just making it look like there's more definition them. yeah like yeah. you don't need that bruh <laughs> one of the things that I think is really interesting and Lila you work in fashion also what like the relationship between being on trend which I think you guys are both very like on trend you guys always look like really cool put together great outfits versus being being trendy right being trendy is kind of looked down upon I remember was it like two I want to say 2008 or nine remember when everything had like that really dramatic shoulder like Balmain had all of those jackets I mean and with spikes oh yeah all the studded everything so you never want to fall victim to those overt trends that are going to make you look at old pictures of yourself and be like what was I doing but you also want to be on trend and participate in fashion's discourse how do you guys kind of manage that balance um, well, I'm lucky. I'm a designer, so I just make everything that I want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I, can't, really and I can't afford so to, to shop, so I'm like, okay, which one of my samples am I going to wear today? Mm-hmm. You know, it keeps it easy. You just look um, good because you have like good taste, and you like mm-hmm. make beautiful stuff. <laughs> yeah, like, that yeah. Is yeah. Epitome good of like a stylish woman. Oh, <laughs> That's so fortunate. I wish I could make the things in my head, but um, yeah, I mean. I, I, I think sometimes I definitely fall victim to um, trying do, to follow a trend that mm-hmm. I see, and especially since I work in, like, merchandising, so I'm, like, a salesperson in a way, you know, I, I kind of have to know yeah, what's desirable, true. and I'm convincing other people, eventually I convince myself mm-hmm. that, like, oh, wow, like, off the shoulder, like, I need an off the shoulder Off the top. shoulder I'm, has exploded. I am so totally tired of it. Already. Already. I like, love it's, it. It's already, I don't okay. know, I guess I've just... 
seen too much of it. it I, and it looks it looks great, but I'm kind of like, okay, but but not everyone is everyone. doing it. That's so my not, thing. Like not every brand needs to have their version of the off the shoulder top. Okay, so I understand from a brand perspective why you would want to offer it because like that's what's selling. But I just okay, I, this is. I urge women to understand <laughs> their body, mm-hmm. their personal style, and not right. personal style, like, what you put on every day, like, how you carry yourself, mm-hmm. and and really, like, try to gauge if a trend is going to look good on you. Right. Like, because if you I, have, like, weak shoulders, which you don't want to do that. Which I see everywhere. I see yeah. women, like, exposing their, their shoulders, which is, like, very, like, it's a very kind of revealing part of your body. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to show that. Like, right. not everyone is blessed with, like, prominent shoulders. collarbones yeah. and, like, broad, like, beautiful shoulders. Like, some people would do better to, like, you know, like, accentuate their waistline or right. show off their legs. So, right. And okay, I'm such a hypocrite. I totally bought a, a dress that's off the shoulders <laughs> last week. Because it's beautiful. Like, it can, be, it can be beautiful. But I think of where I, where I start to get um, really fatigued by like the trends is when I see people wearing them who just shouldn't be yeah. and that is not from a snobby perspective it's just like objectively right. like do you even feel comfortable like when I see girls wearing like black velvet choker necklaces with right. like their mm-hmm. like basic like yeah. dress I'm like you just put that on because like you saw Bella Hadid wearing it like you, you're not yeah. putting it on because it has anything to do with like your personal, your style. personal yeah. style and like that's just like the biggest faux pas to me yes. it's like not knowing Blindly when, yeah, the trends. when to like. Well, when it becomes when and, it becomes like a uniform, and yes, you go out right. and you see not just one person, but like half the club looks exactly like yeah. you. Then yeah. you know that you need to start backing away slowly. Yeah, from that's that trend. why I'm burning my stance now. Yes, when this I is a home. perfect transition into oh the segment of the three <laughs> the three trends that need to die. So, okay, please give me um, the three trends that you guys think just. Just that's need to my, end. That's my number one. Like, what? Stan Smith's R.I.P. dude. Like, it's been real. I like I them. I don't have them, but they are, like, the fashion girls. Like, if I see a girl wearing those sneakers, I'm like, oh, you probably work They were KO'd when I saw, like, a mom wearing them the other day with, <laughs> like, chino shorts and, like, a basic cardigan. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, goodbye. Like, I yeah. almost wanted to, like, throw my shoes yeah. in the dumpster right there yeah. and then. Just, like, they, I mean, I'm, I love them. They served a purpose. I need a new white sneaker. If anyone has any ideas, <laughs> please call <laughs> back. But I just, I can't, I can't look at them anymore. Yeah. One thing that is driving me absolutely insane lately, okay, so I have very prominent eyebrows and I've always, you know, mm. shaped my brows to like kind of frame my face because I'm hairy and they're there, so I might as well work with it. I, I, I think people are going a little bit, I mean, a, a lot of it, way overboard with Bold the brow. massive... Yeah. The, the, you're just seeing these massive black things mm-hmm. going across mm-hmm. their face and like your eyebrows aren't that bushy you're just mm-hmm. putting a ton of like eyebrow filler yeah. and it's going halfway up your forehead and right. you look like you look crazy an, a, a psychotic person it works person. if you have hairs but if it's just like no block, but you could you could like, clearly see the powder yeah, they're like know. drawing on you know no, these yeah. half inch thick you know caterpillar eyebrows and they look ridiculous yeah, yeah I agree with that Okay, another thing that's been annoying me lately is athleisure. Like I'm, I dress, I dress for comfort. Controversial. I, I love okay. being comfortable. <laughs> yeah. Like anyone who knows me knows that I'm 
never will wear anything that is like tight or like that's true. I just yeah. prefer you always to look be very relaxed and comfortable. And yeah. I love like wearing leggings, t-shirt, like not giving a shit. But I cannot stand when I see somebody wearing who Lululemon. is wearing just like their athleisure, like their Lululemon, yeah. whatever, but not to the gym. But not to the gym. Yes, like with I their agree. Celine purse, full face of makeup. I, agree. I think it's like, really annoying. I it drives me crazy, and it's just because like it's <laughs> it's the look of privilege. It's like okay, if you're like you know, just going to, like, Serafina, or, like, wherever, yeah. to, yeah. Like, like, brunch, and, yeah. like, just look like that, like, you're, you're very blessed, we yeah. understand, yeah. like, you yeah. are living the life of yeah. luxury, yeah. Yeah. but, like, if you're not actually, coming like, from the gym, coming yeah. from the gym, you're just doing it just because, it, like, to me, is just kind of, like, it's I, almost like a smack, like, it's, like, it's, yeah, it's just so privileged, I, I don't it's know. Taken, it's, it's taken a life of its own when you see women with blowouts and a full face, yeah. as you yeah, said, yeah, yeah. in, a workout gear as if they were going to CrossFit class, yes, but you but know that they're not going ever shopping. going to go. Yeah. They're like, okay, okay, I cannot deal with that. Yeah. I think of another thing that's made of the day. Mine is more. Mine is more like beauty regimen as opposed to um, fashion. No, that's. Um, it's more. It's the the lip thing. Mm. Mm. What, what about the, the lips? Okay, so it's like the I fillers? love. I love. No, I love the matte. Colored oh, lipstick. This was my trend that needs start, to die. It needs to die. The whole, like, okay, especially when you're dark skin and you mm -hmm. put on some, like, nude that is not nude for you. Right. And you just start looking yeah. like Tyrone Biggums, yes. like <laughs> ashy lips. Yes. You, yes. Look like you're, you look like you're you, dead. You look yeah. like you have ashy lips. Yeah. Don't put that, like, and it's just these overly, and then they go and they fill it in yeah, it's outside of their lip line, and yeah. you just have these big ashy lips, and yeah. that mm -hmm. is just not attractive. And why would you put, like, you know, powder blue lipstick on? That's not going to look Right. Good. You look like you're dying. Yeah. I know. I don't understand that. I mean, I, I do love, like, a dark matte lip, but, like, the right one. You know? Yeah. It doesn't. And it's not a day look. Yeah, like, time and place. <laughs> like, get it right. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That said, like, the, the smoky eye in the middle of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Any kind of. Yeah. yeah. Okay. My, I have a social media term that I think needs Please. to. Please. Well, I actually have two. Okay. First one. <laughs> first one is hashtag squat goals like I don't oh, understand no one uses it. that anymore do they They do I and so. I just That's don't bad. like get, understand what you mean like you're with your squad so like why is that still a goal like yeah. you're you're showing it's off that you're like with school. your people yeah like yeah. why the goals like just squad is fine but because like squat goals individuals yeah, with no bad. sense of individuality I know it just it's just <laughs> it makes no sense and okay selfies when girls like have their hands and fingers on or near their mouth yes that's it the like sexy baby look or the pensive the pensive the pensive but the like look at my like nah like I don't know the Kylie Jenner like porn look is it is a porn look it's super porn when your eyes are dead yeah dead eyes just like looking off into space like come hither it's just I feel like we're just teaching girls that in order to like get the likes up you actually feel like you're yeah very ready to get in bed. Or you just came. <laughs> like, yeah. or just finished. Yeah. Feeling yeah. good. Like, yeah. After sex yeah. glow. Yeah. Like, please stop. I would say another one of mine that drives me nuts because I'm a designer is every person who's a celebrity or actress coming out or singer coming out with their own fashion label. Oh. That drives me nuts because clearly you have the money idea. to fund it. Mm -hmm. Right, and so then you and and you have like the following to begin with, mm -hmm. but then you just see a lot of really shitty clothes mm -hmm. getting all this hype. Right. Sorry, Yeezy, but you know, <laughs> and it's like, are you serious? Right. 
Like, yeah. no, 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 it's not good. You you didn't go to fashion school. You didn't, you don't know They're the not basics even designing of the design. They're not even the designers. Well, they hire designers, but they then they have them. a vision, which right. they think, you know, is, is worth listening to or following, and they right. kind of create this stuff that's just really, really bad, and it gets all this hype, and then I, I get so jealous so because they don't have any skills. Like, works their ass <laughs> yeah. off yes. like you. Ah, it drives me nuts. Like in like major stores. Yeah, and then they have like the runway show and the Mm -hmm. this and the that, and it's just like you know, it it make it it kind of just makes me really sad. Like, can I really break it break into this market when I'm having to go against these people? Beyonce and Jennifer Lopez and Kanye. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. One of so I have two last questions for you guys. Mm -hmm. When you were going going out for the night and you're getting ready. It was, I saw a meme. It was like, uh, how much fun a girl has out is like directly proportional to how much time it takes to get ready, which I think is like very true. Like, <laughs> the, like I think one of the worst things in the world is when you're rushed to go out for something that you've been looking forward to. And, like, oh, you we don't know, have, Brooke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, I, you I, late for <laughs> I literally could spend two hours getting ready because I just like to like, take my time and like yeah. get into like the vibe of the night. Mm-hmm. So when you guys are getting ready for like a, a night out, what is your routine? Like, take me through what you guys do I to prepare. Complete opposite. You're I like always fast. have. I always have the craziest nights out. Yeah. When someone's like, "Hey, I'm at that spot around the corner. You should come," and then I'm like. Ugh. God, I'll, yeah. I'll stop by for like two minutes, mm-hmm. and then, and then like I roll, I roll out. Already. Yeah, I roll out, you know, in some, you know, jeans and like a basic t-shirt or something, and I'm not glammed up. I have no makeup on. Mm-hmm. I just show up there, and then I end up not leaving till like six in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> and then there's photos of me being a complete ass. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell? That's when a I, good night. When I'm glammed up, it's always a disappointment. Really? I guess because like I expect too much of the evening. Interesting. And That's, so then there's all this that. pressure. I could see that. Yeah. So whenever I'm, I mean, I I'm also somebody who gets ready in like fifteen minutes. Yeah. I, yeah. I like I'm I'm very guilty of like changing up until the last minute oh, and okay. that and I, I <laughs> so think you change a lot before you leave I, I'll usually have okay depending on when I find out like where what we're doing yeah. like I might have the whole day to kind of conceptualize yes. like, what I want my look to yes. be or maybe I'll just have like a couple hours but like as soon as I start like the pregame you know like I'll pour myself a drink I'll right. put the music on yeah. and like music the music speed. might totally take me to it's a, a different, different direction place. Yeah. I agree and then I'll be like oh but what about that like metallic lid I wanted to try so if I've right. like had this crazy outfit on but I'm like no I really want to do a so beauty look I'll that's like, a question change, for you change I'll look change my outfit where do you, makeup. when you're concepting your look where do you start do you start with your hair do you start with your makeup do you start with a like I want to wear this top do you start with mm-hmm. I want to wear this shoe I or start do you just... with the shoe because I'm like am I going to be a cranky uncomfortable <laughs> bitch tonight <laughs> yeah. in really high but beautiful shoes or yeah. am I going to yeah. be really comfortable yeah. and laid back yeah mm-hmm. and it usually ends up being yeah. the latter yeah <laughs> It depends on the event because if it's something like formal or like in the city, I live in Queens, so like I'll often be going out in Queens or like in the Lower Mm -hmm. East Side. Like I don't do the like glamorous Manhattan thing ever. But if I do have like an Mm -hmm. event that's like more you know formal, I'll definitely like start with the like with the the clothes. The clothes. But if it's like a party that I'm like okay fuck it's Drake night that baby's all right like right. what what vibes do I want to be giving off? Yes, this is okay. Then I'll be then I'll usually oh, like it's more if like it starts with like, the vibes. Are you hunting tonight? Well, well I'm not because I'm in relationships. I'm in a serious but... relationship, but it's more just like who's <laughs> it's gonna the be vibes. there yeah. and like what right. kind of music yeah. am I gonna be listening to and like how do I want to stand out? Do I want to fit in? Do I want to like yes. redefine the vibe? Yes. Like yes. So I, there is... are all these like 
psychological it's, it's, yes. a, it's a whole psychological well, I mean, thing I do put a lot the only time I ever put in a lot of effort into what I'm wearing is if I'm going to run into an ex um, <laughs> that's real it's like that's oh real. I need to make this I need to make this who that's like, like just you re- really regret the day regret the day that he walked away exactly and I want to be on his mind for that's the next yeah. month and yeah. a half yeah yeah, <laughs> I wrote I wrote a piece on my blog called How to Serve, and it was all about what you're saying about how to decide what to wear. And it's like, so obviously, like this is drag lingo. The drag queens say like I'm serving like schoolgirl in the 1930s tonight. Right. <laughs> but, but I think that that's how you need to approach getting ready. Right. You're like, if you're going to a gallery opening in Chelsea, you're like, I'm going to serve right. like minimalist black Japanese. Right. And then you just find the thing. If you're going right. to be people, right, you're like, I'm going to serve like Williamsburg, like mm-hmm. club girl with right. some 90s. Like, right. I think you have to start with like what your final look that you're going to serve is and then right. you work backwards. And not, yeah, not even the look, just what you're trying to embody yes. for the yes. night. Yeah, yes. it gets that deep for me. It's and that usually deep. I'll get ready right. in 15 minutes. But I'll get ready in 15 minutes. It's more just like, how do I want to feel tonight? The vibe. Like, it's all about the vibe. Yeah, I'm more of a mood dresser. So if yeah. I'm like, Ugh, I don't feel like doing whatever. I'll oh, just, yeah. I just throw on whatever. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I'm like I'm a t-shirt. super bodycon yes. dress. Yes. And I would go somewhere that's like, you know, like a dive bar. Yeah. But I'm, but I decided that night, I just want to look really sexy. Yeah. You know? I think this, this is why I love fashion so much. Like, to me, it's it goes so far beyond the label and the clothes. Like, it's a performance of identity. Yes. And that's why, I, yeah. like, I was, like, a stylist. And, like, what really interests me is, like, not the clothes, but, like, how people wear them and who wears them mm-hmm. and why they wear them. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's, yeah, just explain. Like, I just kind of came to that revelation because like talking about like getting ready as a vibe is just like it's, it's so much deeper than just absolutely. like wearing that like hot absolutely. item absolutely. and I like can't I, I won't ever change yes <laughs> yes <laughs> um last question for you ladies when do you guys feel most beautiful huh I feel most beautiful I like like <laughs> you are very beautiful like right now sun kiss like yes. I feel most beautiful when I've like been outside and like the sun has been on my body mm-hmm. and I feel like moisturized mm-hmm. and oily and like I could just put on a white t-shirt and like look so flea like that yeah. is yeah. my I think my most beautiful mm-hmm. moment or the, the time where I just feel so comfortable yeah so comfortable in my skin yeah God, I that's why that. the winter sucks <laughs> yeah, it is. It is harder to feel beautiful, I think, in the winter. Mm-hmm. Covered in like beautiful. I don't know. I I feel like I gotta get back to you and email you an answer for that one. <laughs> um, that's like that's like a deep question. I don't know. Um, I guess. Hmm. I guess it's when I'm feeling loved. Hmm. And that doesn't mean by somebody else. Yeah, but, but it's, accepted it's like when I feel good about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, being creative is it's always like an emotional roller coaster. So some some days, like I just wake up and I feel like I am the shit. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know what it is. It just it just happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess those are the days <laughs> when I'm having lots of self love. Yeah, that's like, when I feel the most beautiful, and yeah. it has absolutely nothing to do with how I'm actually physically yeah, looking right. at it's being dressed. It's just, it's like how you feel on the inside. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. confidence. It's really real. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciated your answers. And um, yeah, thanks for talking to me. Thanks, thanks for having us. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 